so glad to be here today and to see everyone and to hear the wonderful conversations happening today. So who here watched the Olympic opening ceremony on Friday? A lot of us did. I didn't get a chance to watch it on Friday, so I recorded it and got to watch it yesterday. And it was just this beautiful, beautiful ceremony. I thought they did such a nice job just in in the artistic expression of the culture in South Korea and and some of the history and the dancing. Um, But one of the things that I enjoyed most about the Olympic opening ceremony um, well, two things. The first thing I, I thought was really, really cool were the drones. Did you notice the drones with the lights and creating the Olympic rings and how they move together? I thought that was amazing. But I think one of the things that touched me the most was hearing the stories of the athletes and seeing little snippets of their home videos when they were little kids, talking to their parents about their sport and how excited they were um, to to learn that sport. And there was one specific little video of this little boy who had to have been in, in elementary school. And someone asked him, so when do you think you'll be at the Olympics? And, and he thought for a moment and he said, I think I'll, I'll be the 2018 Olympics. And sure enough, he was there. He was one of the figure skaters from the, from the U.S. And so it was amazing to see how at a young age, these athletes decided that they wanted to, to pursue their Olympic dreams and then to realize that their entire childhood revolved around that Olympic dream. So what they ate and what they did, how much they slept, where their family moved to, where they lived, all the, everything they did, their whole life revolved around the Olympic dream because that was their priority. That's what they gave themselves to. And today we get to talk about priorities. And we're going to continue our series, Jesus Speaks, as we look through the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus speaks to our priorities, specifically to what we treasure and to what we worry about. And so today that's what we're going to talk about. I'm really excited. Let's let's continue with a prayer before we open up God's Word. Dear God, we just thank you so much for who you are. Lord, we thank you for these words that are so rich and beautiful, and Lord, that give us life. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to study them, and we just ask that your Holy Spirit would work in us, that we would be able to understand the message that you have for us and apply it to our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're going to start off reading in Matthew 6, verse 19. And these are the words of Jesus. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, and if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will Excuse me, if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so here Jesus brings up the idea of treasure. 
And it says, treasure is where your heart is. Treasure is what you, what you value. And let me just say right from the beginning, there's nothing wrong with having nice things. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being well provided for. But there is a great danger in making the physical things, the material things of this life, our treasure, in placing our, our hope and our security in those things. Jesus continues and he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. And, and the eyes being the lamp of the body, that's often referring to the eyes being the entrance to the heart and to the mind. And that what we perceive, what we see as valuable and pursue either brings light or it brings about darkness in us. And Jesus continues and he says, no one can serve two masters. You either serve God, and in this case he's referring, you, you, or, or money. And I believe there are other masters that we can serve as well. And so Jesus' message here is to store up, is to focus on storing up treasures in heaven. And so we ask ourselves today, what I'd like to ask ourselves today, is what's most important to us? What are our priorities? Where do we place our hope and our security? And, and for some of us, maybe that's in our ability to be self-sufficient, to be able to provide for ourselves. Uh, maybe it's our bank account and how much money we have in there. Uh, maybe it's Social Security, which for someone my age and younger, that's a really iffy, <laughs> iffy thing right now. And, and these are not bad things. In fact, these are necessary things, and it, it's wise to think about these things, and yet they're not the most important in our life, and yet they're not, they shouldn't be our treasures, because it's easy for these physical things, these material things, to become our focus and then steal our hearts from God. And this is what Jesus is talking about today. So let's continue to read in Matthew 6. Again, where do we place our hope? Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So in general, Jesus is saying, I see that you're worried about food and clothing 
Don't worry about these things. And to that, I have to say, I have some questions. <laughs> like, what? What is exactly is he is he meaning there? Like, that's that's not. Yeah, I have some questions to that. I think it's important for us to define worry. What does worry mean? Uh, the definition that I read said it to give way to anxiety, to allow one's mind to dwell unproductively on difficulties or problems, both actual and potential. I liked that they added the potential problems in there because how often do we worry about things that aren't actually even problems in our life that haven't happened and, and most likely won't happen? So that's what worry is, to give way to anxiety. And, and let's talk about worry is not. W- worry is not having a concern about something or recognizing that there's a problem or, or needing to work to problem solve or planning for the future or investing, taking steps to change a reality in your life that you don't like. These are all good and necessary things. So that's not worry. Worry is, is agonizing over things and being anxious about things, and it's, and it's not productive. There's a, there's a proverb um, that I, I read this week. It said, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. So here Jesus is saying, don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. Don't make that your focus. Don't make that your priority. And so I, I understand that, but I have to take a time out again and say, well, what about, what about all the people that are hungry? What about the people that are struggling to make ends meet? Um, I grew up in Guinea, West Africa, in extreme poverty, where children were malnourished and went, went to bed hungry, and where, ch- where children died of complications of malnourishment. And so is... You know, what does this mean in that, in that context? And so I don't think this passage is minimizing what it means to be in need or what it means to be hungry. And I think that's clear in Jesus' life. He, he shows great compassion towards the poor and towards the hurting. He begins his ministry by reading Isaiah 60, 61, when he was sitting in the synagogue, he, he read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And so he went out and he touched the untouchable and he healed the broken and he feeds the hungry crowds. So God is not dismissing poverty here or hunger. I think he's talking about something different. He, he, Jesus here is, is asking us to recognize that our lives are much more than just what we will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear. Because you're created for a purpose that's much grander than these physical things, than these material things. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And yet, even, even in our lives, how often do we let the physical things take precedent over the spiritual things? How often do we allow um, making money 
and providing for ourselves to kind of take over. Or if we, we focus on our houses and our cars and on giving our kids all these opportunities and, and privileges and careers, and, and that consumes our focus sometimes. And we live in a society where social media is just rampant with these pictures of this is what success looks like and this is what happiness looks like and you have to have this dream home and this dream job and the dream spouse and the dream kids and the dream vacation. And so we get sometimes caught in this trap of running after these things and seeking them over God. And when we do that, we lose sight of God. And and our focus is on the temporary instead of the eternal. And so Jesus speaks to that, and he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. So I'll speak to that second part first. All these things will be added to you as well. Some would interpret that as saying that if you believe in Jesus, then he will give you wealth, in that that following God is equivalent to, it's like a one-to-one correlation, you'll have material blessings. And that's, that's often called the prosperity gospel. And I don't believe that's what Jesus is saying here, and I certainly haven't seen that uh, to, be, to be true in the world that we live in. I know a lot of God-fearing people who are struggling to make ends meet. What's, what's interesting kind of on a side note, but maybe it's not a side note. What's interesting is when I, I did a little research this week, our, our world produces, the earth produces one and a half times the amount of food that we need to feed the number of people on earth. So it's not like there's a scarcity of food. Rather, um, the... The causes of hunger, the, the three primary causes that I found, were poverty, inequality, and conflict around the world. And at the heart of those, there are some spiritual problems. So the conflict, the wars, the genocides caused by disrespect and greed, those are spiritual problems. Inequality, the lack of valuing people that are different than you, racism that is rampant in our society. Those are spiritual problems. The corruption that we see in different governments and societies that causes poverty and lack of opportunity for people. And so Jesus says, seek First, his kingdom and his righteousness, to seek, to run after, to pursue, to invest in, to, to make our priority his kingdom and his righteousness. So God's kingdom would be the reign of God in our life, um, making our priorities to love him and to love the people around us. Seek his righteousness, the righteousness that comes from Jesus through grace and forgiveness and the Spirit's transformation in our life. And Jesus says, seek first the kingdom. And I don't think first is a chronological, uh, has a chronological meaning here. It's not like you do that first thing in the morning. So that's good news for us, you know, non-morning people. (laughs) 
um, but rather uh, the foremost in importance. Do it first because it's the most important. So what does it mean to seek first his kingdom and his, his righteousness? I think for me in my life, it's the opposite of coasting, just coasting through life. You know, nothing, nothing horribly bad, but nothing like super intentional either. It's the opposite of that, to actively pursue and prioritize God, to invest in my relationship with God. And, and at sometimes it can sound really cliche, you know, read your Bible. <laughs> but in my life, I have found that the word of God is so rich and has so much to say that applies to my life. It's a really important place to start, to study scripture, to pray, to get involved in a community of believers. This is a hard journey. We're not meant to do it by ourselves. And so to be able to, to rely on each other, to have open spiritual conversations where we ask real questions and struggle with hard concepts that don't have easy answers, to seek understanding, a spiritual understanding for, for this world that we live in that's full of pain and suffering and we're trying to figure out what do we do with it. This is what it means to invest in our relationship with God to make him our top priority. And so we hear a lot of people talk about balance in life. And we've seen it happen time and time again with work becomes your, your top priority, how your family suffers. And, 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 and there's a lot of ways that our life can be out of balance. And this is a common list that I've seen um, people create for their priorities. They say, well, put God first, and then your family, and then work. God, family, work. And in a lot of ways, I really like that. Okay, In a lot of ways, that speaks, that speaks true and that resonates to me. But there's this temptation with a list like that to compartmentalize our life and say, okay, I've done my God time, check. Now I'm going to go do my family time, totally unrelated to my God time, check. And now I'm going to go do my work time, put in my hours, punch my card. And, and again, that's totally unrelated to my family and to God. And I don't think... That's what God means by seek him first. When we seek his kingdom, we pursue it as the single most important thing in our life, the, the reign of God and a way of living that reflects his holiness. So I invite us to change how we think about our priorities. <clears throat> Maybe a list like this makes more sense. We have one priority, and that is to seek God. And then as subpoints, I'm going to seek God in my family life. I'm going to seek God at work. I'm going to seek God in my downtime. Because I think God has a lot to say about how we do family, how we do marriage, how we do parenting. There is such a blessing in having this empowerment from God to, to do life in a loving and gracious way. And so maybe we need to ask ourselves, what does it look like to seek God in my family, in my scheduling of my family time, in my conversation around the dinner table? What does it look like to seek God in my career choices, in my interactions with my colleagues, in what I choose to champion or not champion at work? 
What does it look like even in my downtime? And, and, and some of us may ask, well, we don't want to be that spiritual all the time. I mean, and, and it's not in a, it's not in a, a holier than thou sort of way, but it's, so now how can I, how can I rest and rejuvenate and interact with people in a way that still glorifies God? Seeking God first means that that becomes the lens through which all the other decisions are made in my life. That it's this life-altering reality, kind of like the Olympic athlete who once they choose to go that route, everything in their life revolves around that. Everything in our life should revolve around seeking God. So I asked us today to reflect, how, how am I committed to God right now? Am I seeking God in different areas of my, in all areas of my life? Gandhi um, has a quote, there's a quote from Gandhi, and it's very simple and short. It says, action expresses priorities. Action expresses priorities. What we do reveals what's most important to us. And I would venture to say that all of us need some recommitment to God, because none of us are perfect. And it's so easy for different parts of our life to lose their focus And so what areas of our life do we need to recommit or maybe commit to the first time to God today? And as I I think about this, I can't help but be reminded of the beautiful truth that Jesus sought us first, that God sought us out first. Luke 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. But the Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and to save the lost. God sent part of himself, his Son, to take the form of a human and to live out his compassion in humanity, to touch the untouchable, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to give peace to the frantic, to stand up for the oppressed, to preach the good news of repentance and forgiveness, and it's good news because it brings hope and life, and life in abundance, both here and for eternity. And Jesus took the consequence of humanity's sin on his perfect and sinless shoulders as he died on the cross. And then he rose from the dead, demonstrating his power and his victory over that sin and over that death. And Jesus did this so that in God's infinite love, and also, according to his perfect righteousness and holiness, he could say, come this way, seek me first. Though you are broken, I can heal you. Though you sin, I can forgive and restore. Though you are anxious and worried, I can give you peace. And that is just beautiful to me. I want to seek a God like that. He loved us first. I want to invite the band to come back up. We're going to take communion today. And 
As we take communion, I want us to remember that Jesus has sought us, that the creator of the universe loves us, and that he sacrificed everything for us. And now we have the privilege and the opportunity to seek him first and to love him back. And and so during this next song, as we take communion together, and I just want to invite anyone who wants to, to take communion with us. You certainly don't, don't have to. It's a time of remembrance and a time of thanksgiving to remember that Jesus' death for us was motivated by his great love and also his complete holiness. That a God who cannot by his very nature, because he's so holy, ignores sin, he took the penalty for us so that we didn't have to. And that was, that was because of his great love for us. So it's a time of remembrance, but it's also a time to do a quick heart check. And just to, to, check, to check our hearts and, and ask, am I seeking God first? Am I seeking him as the most important thing in my life? So as we stand and as we, as we start to sing, I invite you to take communion if you'd like. Just take the bread that represents his body, dip, dip it into the juice that represents his blood, and bring it back with you. And we're going to take that together as a group, just as a, as a symbol of unity, that we, we stand here as equals because Jesus loves us and forgives us, and we are, we are united in him. As a community, we stand before God, and we remember that God loves us, that Jesus poured out his forgiveness and grace on us, and that the Holy Spirit transforms us to live a life of love for him. I'd like to say this prayer, and you're welcome to read it with me. Just read it. It says, Father God, thank you for seeking us. Jesus, Thank you for the sacrifice you made for us on the cross. Spirit, empower us to seek God first in our lives. His body broken for us, his blood shed for us. Let's take communion. take a seat. We have one more piece to celebrate this morning as we finish out. Um, I'm going to invite Angie and Peggy and Isidro to come join me up here. Uh, Friends, as a a church family, uh, we get to celebrate a beautiful moment in in our friends and members' lives. Come on over, guys. Come join us up here. 
Um, they have asked this morning uh, to be baptized. And so after church, we're going to head over uh, to the village at Grand Ridge, the apartment complex that Isidro uh, um, has, uh, that they've made available to us to use for the baptism today. And we are incredibly excited for this moment. Now, baptism began um, in Israel as a ceremonial washing. This washing that represented a cleansing, you know, in in life, and um, and Jesus adopted this practice both uh, by being baptized himself and uh, by um, his his disciples baptizing many people in Israel. He he both taught it and he practiced it, and it's a sign of conversion. It's a sign of cleansing. It's a sign of new life and opportunity. In fact, Romans chapter six um, likens. Uh, baptism to uh, Jesus' experience in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Uh, it says that uh, we're, we're buried under the water of baptism, um, that we die to ourselves, and that we rise to new life. And so today we celebrate in this ceremony um, an opportunity for, for new life a fresh place in life for new opportunity. It represents our commitment uh, to serve Jesus and to live like Jesus lived. So friends, we want to say we are excited for you. I wanted to give you a minute if you'd like to, to share with us a little bit about how God has placed us on your heart and where you find yourself today. Well, first of all, when I first moved over here, uh, I didn't really have a church to go to, so I prayed about it and stuff. And I found the Divine Church online, so I went looking for it, and I see, oh wait, it's a school, how can this be a church, you know, and I'm like, okay, um. but anyway, I ended up here and stuff, and ever since then, uh, God's been doing a lot of miraculous things in my life, gave me a job, you know, to start off with, good job, where I'm on uh, Teen Challenge, where they basically are a Christian community church thing, and uh, I love it there. You know, God spoke to me and said, "You gotta go look for work." I go. I told my daughter, "I go. Something's telling me to go look for work." You know, and I haven't been working for a while. You know, I've been on Social Security because of other problems I had. But so I went to go look, and that same day I got that job. So He's been blessing me, and I love it. So now. I'm going to get baptized so I can carry on. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. You guys want to say something? <laughs> you don't have to. It's okay. It's okay. Well, I just want to share that I'm a church hopper. I like church hopper. I just like to fit in everywhere I go, so that's me. I follow my brother. That's beautiful. Well, we are excited to celebrate with you all this morning. Uh, we're In just a minute, we're going to close out with a prayer. Um, we will have the responsibility of turning this place back into a school before we leave. So understand it'll take a few minutes before uh, we get to go and celebrate with them. Uh, if you need directions or want to follow us, it's just over here on Deschutes before uh, Columbia Center Boulevard there on the right-hand side. Um, you're welcome to stick around with us and, um, and then uh, join us as we celebrate uh, this moment in, uh, in our good friends' lives. Let's pray together as we close out this morning. Father God, we thank you for this day. Um, we thank you for Angie. 
uh, for Peggy, for Isidro, for an opportunity this morning uh, to celebrate the beautiful work that you're doing in their lives, that you're doing in all of our lives. And so, Father, today we invite you uh, to work powerfully that they can know your love, that they can know your healing and cleansing, that they can know an invitation to new life. So, Father, um, give life in abundance. Father, open their eyes to the beautiful opportunities ahead, to the ways you are at work. Father, use them in remarkable ways in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.